lapel mic, so we'll just stay behind the pulpit tonight. All right, if I can do that, if I get wandering a little bit, I'll get a microphone, but I don't think I'll move too much. Is everybody doing well tonight? Amen. How many of you are glad to be saved? Amen. It's good, isn't it? How many of you are glad your sins have been washed away? Amen. Thank God. How many of you have a great day today? Did you have a good day Amen. on Wednesday? Good. And uh, hump day, isn't it? Right in the middle. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Lord's Day. Amen. Would you open your precious Bible tonight? To the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Now it's been a long time since I preached out of the book of Daniel. And a friend of mine and myself, we were talking about veggie tales the other day of all things. And uh, talking about various stories of veggie tales. Y'all know veggie tales? How many of your children watch veggie tales? Yep. Now y'all know that my truck... I know I've told you all this, but this is my claim to fame. My old Toyota truck was sold to Bob the Tomato's grandson. Did y'all know that? And I spoke to Bob the Tomato on the phone. He called me from Nashville, Tennessee. He said, hey, I'm looking at your truck. We're wanting to buy it for our son. And he said, I understand you're a pastor. I said, yes. He says, well, I am. And he called his name. It was Bob something. And he said, you would better know me as Bob the Tomato. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, me and my friend, Larry, <laughs> the Tomato, uh, we came up with Veggie Tales. And so I just thought it was kind of neat. I talked to Bob the Tomato. <laughs> Who have y'all talked to on the phone? And anyway, boy, y'all are a rough crowd tonight. Daniel chapter 6, we're going to read the whole chapter. We're going to read the whole chapter, Daniel chapter 6. And I want to bring a little message on just simply this. Lessons from a lion's den. Lessons from a lion's den. Look at verse number 1 of Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princess might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Now I want you to notice this. But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. That's convicting, isn't it? Then said these men, notice how they went then. We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes. And Persians which altereth not. 
Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, (laughs) he went to his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon the knees, upon his knees, three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any God or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast in the den of lions? The king answered and said, The king is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not the old king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is, that no decree nor statue which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, And with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and the king spake and said to Daniel O Daniel servant of the living God is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions then said Daniel unto the king O king live forever my God has sent his angel and has shut the lions mouths that they not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee O king have I done no hurt then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, then their children and their wives, and the lions had mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. And then King Darius wrote unto all the people, the nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. What a story. What a true event. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us as we look in thy word for these next few moments. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. A lot of things to be said here. 
Think about this true event that took place. I'm going to get a handheld, Brother Chris. I'm going to move just a little bit, and I don't know if they'll be able to hear me online, and I would like for them to be able to hear me as well. I know they'll start telling you there's no sound on there, and there's actually sound. I'm just pulling away from the microphone. There's a lot of things to be said here. There's a lot of things that are convicting to me. Number one, when we think about the plot that these men came up against Daniel with, they couldn't even find anything in his life to get him on. The Bible said he had no heir. Now, we know he wasn't perfect. We know that he wasn't sinless, but it tells us something about the life of Daniel that he had a clear, clean testimony. But the only place that they knew that he was guilty in or something that they felt like they could get him in and that's a testimony in itself is they said we can only get him in him loving the lord and his faithfulness to his god so they said we're going to get him in something there so they come up with this great plan and you understand now we know that daniel prospered not only did he prosper the bible tells us through the whole reign of darius and also the reign of cyrus but we know also if you would go back to chapter two uh and again this is this is true history Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man of the then known world. King Darius was the most powerful man of the then known world. King Cyrus was the most powerful man, man of the then known world. They ruled an empire in that day. And think about this one man that had favor in the sight of these powerful men. In chapter 2, you'll find that Daniel found favor in the sight of Nebuchadnezzar. And he raised him up and he brought him to a place of leadership. So now we see him being raised up and, and favored in the eyes of King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man in the then known world. Then King Darius with the per Medes and Persians, he established as a most powerful man. He found favor in the sight of that king. And then in the, then the next king, King Cyrus, we find. So I want to say to you, God gave this man favor. God gave this man favor not because of his ability or all of his talents, but God gave him his favor because of his faithfulness. The Bible said that God blessed him here because he had believed him. And we know that these lions did not eat him because of the testimony for the Lord. So I want to just talk to you tonight about a few things. Number one, these lessons from a lion's den. Number one, I want you to think about this with me. As we read this passage of scripture, I'm going to tell you most people are not aware of the spiritual effects that are made by Satan to try to keep us from praying. That's what I learned from this passage of Scripture. Most people will not even realize. They'll see when you read this passage of Scripture, we do understand the motive of these men. The Bible very clearly says they did not like him, they were jealous of him, and they wanted to find something against him. But I want you to know something. There is always evil at work. And I want you to know something tonight. Prayer is a powerful tool. Prayer is something that God gives us as an offensive weapon. And I want you to know something. Prayer is not a, a weak weapon. It is a strong weapon. And so we see that Satan goes through great attempts to try to stop this man from praying. We also understand, we know the motive. I'm not changing the narrative of the Bible. We know these men, they did not like him. They were jealous of him. But here's what's not mentioned. We know the power of prayer. We know that Daniel was going and praying. They, that wasn't just a showcase religion. He was literally calling and pouring his heart out before God. And I believe that there was things happening because of his prayer. And if I believe something was happening because of his prayer, Satan certainly knew that something was happening because of his prayer. 
So we understand most people, and even us included, many times we're not aware of the spiritual effects or the spiritual warfare that is going on around us to try to stop us from praying. Now think about it. Here's some of the things that I just looked at as I was studying. Number one, the plot. Think about this plot. This plot took a lot of time. This plot took some mental activity. They had to come up. They had to meet together. They were sitting there thinking, what can we find against this guy? What can we do? I believe they met several times. The Bible said they conspired to try to find something. Why? So they could just simply stop him from praying. Think about the plot. The plot, it was, uh, it was acted upon. So not only we see the plot, look at the plan. Now think about the plan a minute. Great resources was used. Just to stop this one man from playing. You know what they did? They went in. They said, hey, king, we've come up with something. Uh, we, we, we want you. And think about it. It was just for 30 days. That, here's what's amazing. They knew it wouldn't take 30 days. They knew Daniel that night. He, they wouldn't have to do it long. They knew because they had watched Daniel's life. And so there was a plot. There was a plan. They built a statue. Hey, listen, they, they can't. Here's another thing about that plan. They appealed to the pride of the king. This took some mental activity. This was a plot. It was a plan. They enacted their plan. And then think about their motive. <laughs> their motives, they simply did not like him. They didn't, want him they, didn't want, they didn't want to be answering to him. Said he was the first of the three. All of these men, he was favored. Daniel was favored above all of these. But I want you to know something. Satanically knowing this. He, he wanted more than just these men not to like him or to be jealous of him. I'll guarantee you, he wanted to stop the power of prayer. Think about it. We're not aware of the spiritual effects made by Satan and the spiritual warfare that goes on to stop us from praying. Give me, let me give you something else. How many of y'all ever thought about your mental activity before you pray? Have you ever noticed you get to praying at night and you're so tired? It's awful funny. You can't even get through one. You go to sleep. Somebody say man. How many times you get alone, you try to pray, and everything under the sun alarms you? And your alarm goes off, your texts go off, your phone rings, something comes up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm telling you right now, there is spiritual effects, there is spiritual warfare. We understand to keep us from praying. There was a plot, there was a plan, there was motive. And then think of this, the resources used. <laughs> there was resources here that was used. I mean, they went to great they, they, they went to great lengths to stop this man from praying. Now look, it was all under the guise of, I'll tell you what, we want to get him. We don't like him. We don't want to look. But listen to me right now. That wasn't all that this was about. I can promise you right now, Satan was working behind the scenes. I can promise you this. Satan hates when God's people praise. And I'm going to tell you all right now, why is it so easy? We can talk about everything, but we don't pray about everything. What does the Bible say about prayer? Prayer of a righteous man, what? Availeth much. You know what that means? It works. It works. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about this when we think about this. Think about the, the, the resources. They, they, just to stop a man from praying three times a day. They used time. They used up energy. They used up mental ability, mental activity. I mean, they put their minds to this thing. How can we stop this guy? They used a statue. They built, and it took money. It took work. It took effort. All to stop a man from praying three times a day. 
So most people, I'm going to guarantee you, we're not aware of the spiritual warfare that goes on to try to stop us from praying. Number two, something else I picked up. Just reading this text. Something else about the lessons that I've learned from this lines dance is it shows us how important prayer should be in our lives. It shows how important prayer ought to be in our lives. You say, well, why? I'm going to tell you right now. Reading this passage of Scripture and just taking this text alone, for instance, you know what proves that prayer is more important than what we think it is? Just merely by the opposition of it. Can I ask you all a question? Why in the world do you think it's such a big deal for our children to pray in public school? Now you tell me that. What's such a big deal about a child praying at school? Oh, that's really offensive to somebody? That's really going to hurt somebody's feelings when a young man or a girl has to bow her head and most of the time not even pray out loud? But that's offensive. Now listen to me. It's more than just being offensive. It's an all-out attack on stopping the opposition of people praying in public proves that it's important. Now you think about something. When you look at warfare, do you know what the enemy do? Enemy does? Enemy do. You know what the enemy does? By the way, I'm not going to get political, too political tonight, but I want y'all to ask y'all a question. Do you have any idea if those balloons are from China, why they're flying over across our land? I'm going to tell you why. They're not looking for our strengths. They're looking for our weaknesses. They're looking for our weaknesses. And by the way, if China's smart enough to look for our weaknesses, I can promise you Satan's smarter. And I want you to know something tonight. The reason that I know prayer is important because of everybody that opposes it. That's a strength. If prayer is not that important, if it's not that big of a deal then why in the world did Daniel get such opposition? Why do we get such opposition? It's amazing. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about football. We can talk about baseball at work. We can talk about it. But oh my goodness, you bow your head to go to your head and pray, pray. Bow your head to pray. Oh my goodness, somebody's offended. Oh my goodness, my child. Oh, we cannot allow that coach to pray at the football game anymore. Might offend somebody. No, it's bigger than that. You know what? It's an all-out attempt and just stop him from praying. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Satan knows there's power in prayer. So we understand that how prayer is so important in our lives, how vital it should be because of the opposition of it right here in the text. These men wanted to stop him from praying. But also, I, I realized something else from this text. Why I believe that this lesson from a lion's den helps me to show me why important prayer is in our life is just simply because of the consistency of Daniel to continue to do it. Now, I, I, I emphasize that when I read it. I emphasize when Daniel read the decree. Did y'all know? So he wasn't ignorant. 
Didn't say, oh, well, I'm going to act like I didn't see that. I'm going to go on up there and pray. And then I'm going to claim. Then I'm going to plead the fifth like I didn't know. No. The Bible very clearly said he read the decree and went straight to his bedroom, opened the windows like they always were open, and began to pray. So the very fact that the consistency of him continuing to pray, even though the, knowing the consequences, tells me that Daniel must have had some answered prayer. Proves to me that prayer is important in all of our lives, not only because of the opposition from the enemy wanting to stop the prayer, but also the consistency of a man like Daniel that would even hazard his life to still do it. Tells me it's pretty important. How about y'all? I mean, last time I checked, if you love something and you want something, you're going to stand for it. You'll even die for it. By the way, I'll die for my family if someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm coming to your house at 6 o'clock tonight. I'm going to take your son and your daughter and your grandchildren, your family and your wife, and I'm going to shoot all of you. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to just sit by and say, oh, I'm going to leave at 6 o'clock. Why? I'm going to protect what I love. It's the same with prayer. He said, you know what? If even costs my life, it's important enough to me, I'll die for it if I have to. So the very fact that he's willing to do that tells me that prayer is vital. When you're ready to give your life for something, it's important. So I believe most people are not aware of the spiritual warfare that goes on to stop us to pray. Another lesson is I believe it shows how important prayer is in our lives because of the opposition that Daniel met. Also, not only that, the consistency that Daniel prayed. But number three, and I'll go on to the next one, but here's another why I know prayer is important. Because I Praise God shows that how important it is because God honored him for doing it. God honored and protected him from doing it. So it shows me that how important prayer is in our lives and should be. If they was in his life, they ought to be important. Prayer ought to be important in my life. How about yours? Number three. Write this one down. I had to write a lot of stuff here to get this in. We live in a culture. I'm going to write it like this. Cultural trends. Here's another one. Popular opinions. Because everybody's got one. Are y'all with me? Everybody's got an opinion. But there are popular opinions today. There's cultural trends. Hey, there's political legislation. <laughs> But all three of those things, listen to me, here's my point. This passage proves that it should never supersede our spiritual obligations. You say, Pastor, why do you believe in church separation of church and state? Right here. Why do you believe that the government should keep their cotton-picking nose out of your personal spiritual preference? Right here. Look, we're going to give an account to God, not to man. Now look, we ought to obey the law when the law is right, but when it contradicts our personal beliefs and our personal convictions in the Word of God, let every man be a liar and God be true. Now look, we say amen to that and we shout to the raptors, but I'm going to tell you something right now. We've seen us fold a little bit. But I'm going to promise you this, your pastor ain't folding no more. I'm not folding anymore. 
I'll be thoughtful and I'll be, I'll be as thoughtful as I can possibly be, but I'm going to tell you all something right now. These doors will never be closed. They will remain open and people can determine whether they come or not. But I'm going to promise you right now, I ain't shutting these doors no more. You say, why? I'm going to be honest. I have a personal conviction that God has ordained the church. I believe I have a personal conviction that God says he will, he will keep his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we now know we're living in a day where there is legislation tried to stop us during the pandemic. And I thank God there was some people here in even Chattanooga that raised up against our own mayor and he dropped it, which he should have. You say, why? This is a religious freedom. I have a religious right. I have a personal freedom in my Christian faith. I have certain obligations as a Christian. Let's say that they banned today. You can't pray anymore. What are we going to do? Well, if we were Daniel, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray anyhow. See, this is why cultural trends, this is just one. This is just one. This is one model. This is one model that God puts a stamp of approval on a man that said, you know what? Doesn't matter what opinion is. Doesn't matter what the edict says. Doesn't matter what the legislation says. He said, I have some personal, individual soul liberty that I'm going to give an account to God for. See, we've lost that, the individual soul liberty of a man. It's very important. The individual soul liberty of a person, that means that I'm going to have to give an account to God. That's why we believe in personal religious freedom. I know this is unpopular today, but, you know, look, I call him my friend. I have a friend right up the road. I don't know if he, I don't know if he likes me. The way he talks to me doesn't sound like he does, but I'm going to be honest with you, it amazed me. He wanted to argue, he wanted to fight, he wanted to go up here and have a public debate. But here's what amazed me. I looked at him and I said, sir, I said, there are a lot of things that you and I can unite in. I said, first of all, we can, you could unite in religious freedom. I said, look, I don't agree with what you teach, but I'll tell you what I do. I will die for you to have the right to teach it. You know why? That's religious freedom. God does not dictate the soul and the conscience of a man. He gives us free will. We can believe whatever we want. If someone coerces me or coerces me to believe something, it's not faith at all. But the very fact that he has a right to teach that, even though I disagree with him, religious freedom, he has just as much right to teach what he teaches as I do here. And I will defend his liberty to do so. Because if I don't protect his liberty, then why couldn't someone not protect mine? Why? Individual soul liberty. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to give an account to my friend. I'm going to give an account before God and what I do with truth. See, Daniel was not even concerned about the king. And he was the most powerful man. He had done been threatened. If you give obeisance or pray or to give honor to anyone other than the king, he knew what the consequences was. It was the lion's den. You know what he said? I don't care. I'm going to pray to God anyhow. Why? That's a personal personal conviction that is a personal religious freedom that no one can take from us 
And if they try, I would have to say, Sir, respectfully, I'm not going to obey. Why? Individual soul liberty. We find right here that Daniel, whether it was cultural trend, popular opinion, or even legislative edict, the king signed it. It was law. It was law. It was law. So most of us, oh my goodness, it's law. We can't do that. Not Daniel. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Prayer is more important than that. By the way, I'm going to say this. Prayer ain't never hurt nobody. You tell me how a young man or a young woman in a public school kneeling down to praise is going to hurt anybody. Ain't going to hurt a soul. But boy, they've made that thing such a big deal. Oh my goodness, you're treading upon people's consciences. Well, then pray in silence. That ain't the problem, church. Don't be blinded. There's a plot. That ain't bothering nobody. You know what the real problem there? Satan don't want people praying. How many of y'all believe you were saved because somebody prayed for you? Would you raise your hand? Raise it up real high. That right there is why there's such an opposition to prayer. Oh, don't get, don't get enamored by the plot. Don't get enamored by, oh, my goodness, they got a real reason there that people ought not pray. No, listen to me. The only reason they don't want you praying is because the devil knows it works. Oh, it's offending somebody. Oh, well, they're going to get offended by something else. I ain't never in my life seen more offenses in my life, man. Back in the 80s, you just, you just sucked it up and moved on. So I'm like, Dad, can I get a witness? I mean, in West Virginia, man, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all. We had them squirrel tails hanging off them antennas. Somebody say, man, y'all a bunch of city slickers around here. Y'all don't know what that looks like. But, man, in West Virginia, man, on that first day after squirrel season, that was your rite of passage, man. You had them gray tails and them fox squirrel tails just zipping in the wind when you drove down the road. And you could kill six of them. At an old country boy, West Virginia hillbilly, man, you stuck them on your antenna. But oh my goodness, if you do it today, here's what's going on. Oh my goodness, them animal activists. Oh, them poor little squirrels. And back in the 80s, we'd have them gun rocks in the back of our trucks. Somebody say amen. In the cabs. And you could, op- you could carry that 30-30 lever action without it being in a case. And nobody called the law on you. Somebody said, but oh my goodness, that redneck's got a 30. I don't even know. They got an assault rifle. They got one of them assault rifle ARs in the back of his truck. And it ain't in a case. It's got a 20 clip, 20 bullet clip in it. Call the police. What? Everybody's offended today. I'm going to tell you all right now. Today, it's not so much all of that. People get offended over prayer. I don't know about y'all. I was carnal as a stick in teen. Look here. I, Chris Saunders, I was carnal as you could be in high school. There wasn't one person in that school that probably knew I was a Christian. I'm sad to say that, but I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I never minded one person praying for me. I mean, I was, I was carnal as a, look, I was carnal as they come. I didn't pray, but I'm going to tell you all something right now. It never bothered me if I knew somebody else was praying for me. Why in the world would somebody get upset today if you just prayed for them? I'm going to tell you why. It's deeper than that. There's power in prayer, church. 
our personal lives, our spiritual convictions. The life, the life of Daniel is a personal model for us. Now, we must be wise. There's no doubt about it. And we, the Bible says we got to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. But I'm going to tell you all right now, we better be bold and courageous. That's what Daniel was. So cultural trends, popular opinions, political legislation, look, should never supersede, should never trump, pun on words, right? Should never trump, cover, supersede, bigger, make it bigger, or overcome our spiritual responsibilities. And by the way, he was the king. He was the most powerful man of the then known world. Yet because Daniel understood his privilege in prayer, he understood the power of prayer, and he understood his individual soul liberty towards God Almighty, he defied the king's commandment. Now, if you hear me and say, oh, pastor's telling us to go out here and break all the laws, I is not. But I am telling you, when it comes to spiritual, personal obligations, God is always right, and nothing else should supersede that. We see that in the life of Daniel. But number, number four, as I close, I'm going to tell you something else. As I thought about this, man, I about had a shout and fit. God honored, this is another lesson that I learned. God honored Daniel's faithfulness and obedience in prayer. He honored him. He honored him. You know how he honored him? Well, it's very clear. He shut him in that lion's den, and man, the king was up all night, fretting all night, worrying all night. He loved Daniel. He appreciated Daniel. And here's what's amazing to me. The king even said, man, this God that you've been praying to continually, he's going to deliver you. But he didn't know for sure till that morning. He called down there and said, are you still there? And man, old Daniel reached out and said, oh, king, live forever. Man, I'm telling you what, that king was excited. Now, here's what's amazing to me. Those lions wasn't hungry all night long. It's like they had heartburn. Oh, you say something was wrong with them lions. No, not really, because we find out just a few minutes later, breakfast time came. Now, I'm going to tell you all right now, if I have late night snack urges, I can promise you lions do. But it's awful funny, God honored Daniel in the way he shut those lines' mouth for that whole night, that whole evening. But man, as soon as he put that good meat in there, the Bible says he broke their bone. I mean, I, mean, I hate to say that. I hate to see that family die that way. There was many of them. I mean, it, this was sat children and with. I mean, it was the whole family. The lines ate all of them. You say, that's gross, Pastor. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to tell you right now, he honored Daniel. Could have been Daniel. But you know what else popped out to me? This is what popped out to me. Here's the other lesson that I learned. God not only honored Daniel's faithfulness, I'm going to tell you who else he honored. He honored himself. And by the way, look at me. That's what it's all about anyhow. You know how I know he honored himself? Would y'all look at this with me? Look at this verse with me. I'm going to tell you right now. Bless my heart when I read this. Bless my heart when I read this. Look at this one right here. Look at verse 25. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth 
peace be multiplied unto you. Notice what this king said. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. He is the living God. You do understand this is the most powerful man of the then known world. He made a decree, said this God of Daniel's is the true and living God. I'm going to tell you right now why God honored uh, him. And I'm going to tell you why he shut the lion's mouth. Because he wanted to honor himself. By the way, all honor and glory should go to God anyhow. Doesn't matter if people knew about Daniel and all those provinces. Didn't matter if they knew Daniel's name. But I'm thankful because God honored himself in this through the lesson of this lion's den. Everybody in that province knew who the true and living God was. And all because of a man that prayed. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It didn't say how it was going to work, but I'm going to tell you right now. It got God's name to the whole world, to every province. The decree of the king said, his God is the living God. All because of a man that wasn't willing to back down and stop praying. Lessons from a lion's den. Y'all get them tonight? Four of them. Did you get them down? Most people are not aware of the spiritual conflict that's going on and the spiritual effect or effort that Satan's trying to stop people from praying. Number two, it shows how important prayer is by the opposition, by the consistency, and also how God honored it. We also realize that cultural trends, popular opinions, political legislation should never supersede our spiritual personal convictions. And then our God honored Daniel's faithfulness and his obedience for sure. But more importantly, he honored himself. Because his name got all around the world. By the way, isn't that the thing of life? Isn't that the mission of the Christian life? That all the earth may know. Amen. How many of you glad we learned some lessons from a lion's den? And all this because of veggie tales. Let's stand to our feet. Bob the tomato and Larry the... No, is it Bob the potato? What is it? Bob the tomato and Larry the what? Cucumber? So I said that wrong earlier. I knew y'all didn't even correct me. So it's Bob the tomato and Larry the cucumber. I spoke to Bob the tomato. That's who I spoke to. And his son's driving my Toyota truck around. Amen? So anyway, thank God for Veggie Tales. Amen? I don't know about y'all, but was that, that was helpful to me. Was that helpful to y'all? The power of prayer. That's amazing. The Bible, how it just opens up. And just even the life of one man, one event, how profitable it can be to us. I've never seen a couple of those things. Number one, I didn't realize how much God honored himself there. Most people look at it and say, oh, God honored Daniel. No, he honored himself. His name got all around the world. And then I realized they couldn't find anything on him but one thing, his faith. God help us. Wouldn't that be a good testimony? There's a lot we can learn from the lessons in the lion's den. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. I pray now that you'll take this little thought, speak to our hearts, and help us. Lord, we thank you for the life, the testimony of Daniel. He was favored everywhere he was. But Lord, that was all because of you. You had a plan for his life. I pray. That you will help all of us in these days when there needs to be real boldness. I pray you'll give it to us.
Help us to never give up our personal convictions. I pray you'll strengthen us now. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people say it.